Just don't make me choose. Good day, all, and welcome to more of the best bits of 2021. Can we get that in an echo? 2021. (laughs) Another wonderful year. Lockdown. Yes. And locked up. Thank you for looking for the bright side. Yes. Uh, Well, we couldn't fit all the highlights into one show. Therefore, we're doing another introduction. Blame me. Blame me. because <laughs> It's me. I talk too much. Yeah. You know. How are you enjoying your summer break? Uh, <laughs> I don't know yet. <laughs> right, it's fantastic from five minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> now, fun fact. Mm-hmm. The audience, our audience, divides is divided by to say that correctly. And there's Barbara correcting everyone again. Yeah. 83% is from Oceania. 14% is from North America. And 1% is from Europe. When they lift that game, those Europeans. I know. Come on, Europeans. Uh, and that adds up to 98%. So and to the mountain space. They're probably at the space station. Hey. Elon Musk is up there. And <laughs> Bonzo or Benzo. What is his name? Bezos. Oh, Bezo. Yeah. Bezo. That's all right. Benzo. Yeah, whatever. Anyway. Oh uh, Here we go. Now. Here's a continuation of the best bits of 2021. Today is all about you and your life partner, Phil. My life partner? <laughs> what did you, you? I would hope so. Did you have to think? <laughs> yeah, I had to think about that life partner. <laughs> when did you realize you were PB and J? Last week. <laughs> when, we, when we said this is what we're going to do this week. That's right. So I've seen those initials somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Except this time it's peanut butter and jelly, which uh, could be a life partner as well. You love peanut butter, as do I. Okay. Well, in 1880, Dr. Ambrose Straub mm-hmm. crushed peanuts into a paste for his geriatric patients with bad teeth. Sort of like the Collingwood people. <laughs> <laughs> and in uh, 1903, on, uh, oh, look at this, on February the 14th. Valentine's uh, Day. Oh, it's peanut butter day. Here's the number of the day, 721651. That's the patent number for the milling of grinding peanuts into butter. Oh, wow. Okay, so there's the number of the day. How funny, because I have a patent number coming up too. Who would have thought? What, patent leather shoes or patent pot? (laughs) We will speak about this later because I find this a ridiculous patent, but that one makes sense. Mm -hmm. And he took it to the St. Louis World's Fair. Big success, gained exposure, popularity, sold it out in three days at a penny a sample. Like most history, did anyone, like, did a large company buy it from him and rip him off? Like, yeah, like what you choice? Probably Marjorie Post bought them. But, uh, <laughs> she probably did. Yeah. Now, have you ever heard of Fool's Gold Loaf, made famous by uh, Elvis Aaron Presley? Yes. They were getting a whole loaf. A bread. Right. Scoring out all the middle stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then stuffing it with bacon, bananas, peanut butter, and jelly. No wonder he died in the room he died in. Did they deep fry this sandwich? It, according to them, that no, in the picture I saw, it, it wasn't was deep fried. I think his private chefs took that idea and then saw the deep fried. So the original, like a the original was the healthy option. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But if you Google it, you'll see a picture of it. And it is uh, all right, eight inches round. <laughs> Dear Lord, that is, yes, yeah. that is so, frightening. 
Now, but you know, if anything happens and there's an apocalypse, like a zombie apocalypse, you know, everyone at work can survive from my desk drawer. (laughs) (laughs) So peanut butter is in there, Barbara. I have got my jar of Peter Pan peanut butter sitting in there. So when I get really desperate, I can have a spoonful of that. That will get me through the afternoon. Yeah, because they say that if you're really hungry, have a spoonful, a tablespoonful of peanut butter. And and even if you're on a diet, even though it has a lot of fats, but it's all monosaturated fats. Yeah, it's and not stuff, bad fats. Stuff, that will fill you up. And it's like nine grams of protein. The Encrustable Sandwich. And what they are is, it's a circle. So imagine making a peanut butter and jelly yeah. on white bread and then sticking a cookie cutter or a biscuit cutter in the middle of it. Yeah. <clears throat> so it crimps the outside of it. Mm-hmm. And then... They would freeze them. It is the most ridiculous thing because a three-year-old can make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Now they sell them frozen in a box, <laughs> right? So, so any you just grab them and let it defrost. I remember Zaina had some in her freezer when I went to visit, and I'd be right to her. I'm like, how can you be so freaking lazy to even do that? Anyway, so they thought that's a good idea, yeah. and they actually put through a patent, patent number six. Six million double zero four five nine six, and it was rejected in 1995. Just like those two guys at the in Whitehall Street, yeah, that's right, they were rejected. But then they appealed it actually, and then when they appealed it, it was rejected again because they said it's a peanut butter sandwich, you can't patent a Mm. cutting the crust off a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Remember when they came out with brown. White bread? Yes, pipe loaf, it was called. Pipe loaf. And, and you know what the reason was? Because all your cold cuts or what they call it here, manufactured <laughs> meat was round. Okay. And I get that because when I was a kid. Except to- for the cheese was square. That's, yeah. that's all right. Talking about the lunches. Yeah. The bologna was round. Yeah. yeah. And the corners, I just picked those off because oh. I want the whole sandwich experience, not the dry crust on the corner. Mm. That's how they make the animals look like they're talking in movies. Oh, really? They give them peanut butter? On the roof of their oh, mouth. Oh, I'm mean. Mr. Ed, that's what they used to do with Mr. Ed, too. What was the RSPCA? <laughs> the things that your your body craves are sweet, fat, yeah, salt. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, there was a, I was watching a cooking competition, and there's this woman, she was from the South. She, I think she was from, I want to say Arkansas. She goes, everything's good with a little bit of pig in it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, God bless you. That is true. <laughs> Welcome, Phil, to your own store. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> That's right. What if you you're looking for me, I'm here in the store. And there's all sorts of other people looking at us. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we're a little bit conspicuous. Yes. Uh, what do you think we can expect today? Uh, havoc. <laughs> uh, chaos. What has been the most popular items of all time? Okay. Well, I would say the two most popular items on standard that have always been really hot. Yes. Two cereals. Yes. Grape nuts. Oh, gosh, yes. Grape and nuts. the original Cheerios. Yeah. Grape nuts fly out within hours often. Yeah. Yes. And then <clears throat> flash ones, like yeah. flash in a pan that just happened, yep. and bang, Pokemon cereal. Oh, yes. I said Pokemon. Poke- and then people were just going nuts for that. We brought in a full pallet because my son looked at it and says, we got to get these, and we were able to, to get them. And yep. it had something to do with the game, with a coding on the box. Yeah, it had a code that put you to a different level or yep. something on the game. We brought it in and sold out a pallet like within 45 minutes. That's right. Unbelievable. And then the other ones that still continue to come in now, and every time they come in, no matter how much we order, it just seems like they disappear. 
and that's Old Bay Seasoning and my beloved Miracle Whip. <laughs> Why? Famous people who yes. have bought things from us. Yeah, so people have writers that come over and want specific things. Yep. We've served um, Elton John. Billy Joel was, I remember speaking to, he He was one of those people that sent in like his own guy, yeah. not like someone from the company. Right. And he was really good because I think he wanted diet Dr. Pepper, say. And we were added that. And he goes, look, any diet drink will be fine. Don't worry. So yeah. long, and so we picked a few things for him. We had Miley Cyrus bought us out of chiclets. And I helped the guy from the Eagles. He was just he was just a roadie for the, that uh, week. And then how about uh, Carrie Fisher? What did she buy? <gasps> she bought Diet Peach Snapple, and she bought all the Diet Peach Snapple we had. Well, the keeper while she was on the road. I think out of all the products that we sold to all the celebrities and all that, probably the most asked for is Snapple. Yes, that's right. Snapple is very, very popular. Except for Neil Young. What did he want? Now, Neil Young, we had a young fellow that was playing for the Melbourne Ice, and yeah. he was working with us while he was playing over here. And he was working in the back packing orders. Yeah. And he's looking at this order. He's packing for Clamato. Yes. And he looks at it, who it's going to or who's it billing to. So it's going to, it's, go, it's going up to like Brisbane or New South Wales or somewhere to a management company. Mm-hmm. And the credit card payment was to Neil Young. In Ontario, California, uh, Ontario, not, not California, <laughs> Canada. Canada. Yeah. And he was just over the moon because he's Canadian, the kid, and like sounding something to Neil Young. Mm-hmm. So we have a non American Barbara. Well, she's allowed in the shop. But, yeah, oh, really? No, no, but she has an American husband and four American children. And you are? Jasmine. Nice to meet nice you, Jasmine. To meet you. Now, are you shopping for the American husband, the children, yes. or yourself? him gotta keep him happy he doesn't like australia so we come here about once a week and chop him up oh that's you are very good to him so we've got some diet dr pepper some flaming hot cheetos yes so that's the popcorn have you tried that before no i just saw flaming hot so i grabbed it okay he likes hot well he'll 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 like that and ruffles jalapeno ranch and a whole bunch of M&M's because they're the best. Yeah. Australian <laughs> ones do not taste the same. They're yeah, different, different formula. Yeah, and, and they're, Costco has them, but they, if you read the packet, it's made in Australia. Yeah. See, and also in Australia, they use wheat to thicken it. And in um, America, they use corn because it's one of our major products. So a lot of them are gluten-free. Oh, so but they have a, But they definitely have they a have different, different taste. taste. Totally different so, taste. Weekly shopper. Pretty much. Oh, that's awesome. We live locally. We're in Bentley, so it's easy to pop down. Oh, fantastic. Right. So, Flavio has an interest in the U.S. Yep. And what was it that first got you to go on your first trip to the U.S.? Well, we were watching a, a stakeout movie and saw um, Dunkin' Donuts. Stakeout, Richard Dreyfus and Emilio Estevez. That's right. And uh, they, were, they were eating these Dunkin' Donuts. And my wife, Wendy, and I thought, we've got to go to America to try these Dunkin' Donuts. Well, that seems a reasonable reason to get on a plane, spend probably a few thousand dollars and go over there and look. Now, how did you feel after you had a Dunkin' Donut? Oh, they weren't that good, but the packaging was good. <laughs> the packaging was good. We brought all the packaging home. See, we're known for our marketing. So oh, maybe, see, was, that was it. That was it. We, we also <laughs> sort of went there for the Dr. Pepper. We saw it on Cannonball Run. Yes, another good, another uh, fine Dom, bit of film work. Uh, Dom DeLuise, yeah. How good was he? Yeah, old uh, Brooklyn boy from... Uh, his parents were from Italy also? Oh, that's right. He is a little bit porky, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> so when you go back to America, where do you go? Um, his family is, um, he's originally from Montana, but his family at the moment is in Park City. Camus, it's about 10 minutes in Utah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. 
So ski, ski territory. Yes, yes. Yep. Two beautiful parts of the country. Yes. And his dad's working in Eureka in Northern no, California. Northern California, far north. Yeah. Yep. I'm from the Redwoods. California. Okay, yeah. yeah. Very That's pretty. way, way up. And I always wanted to go to Montana. I watched that show that you told me about the... the Kevin Costner? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's from Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Great. That's a but great show. The one with the, the, the cup. Oh, Long Longmire. Longmire. Oh, I haven't watched that. Oh, watch Good. that. It's okay. from old. It's from books as well, and he's a sheriff. Oh, cool. Okay, and um, it's just beautiful. You can it's see very all the pretty. Yeah. Actually, I've never been there because it's too cold. But it's big. Go there in the summer. Yeah. It's big sky country. It looks yeah. and looks terrific. I see so many beautiful pictures. The guy that plays Longmire is actually Australian. He lives in Melbourne. Oh, that's funny. So, so now you really have to watch it. I really. You have the, I will. The two houses. The two households. Yes. <laughs> so, how old are the children? I've got. 18, 16, 10, 7, and twins at a three. I was like trying to count how many. There's you are six so of them. busy. You missed a few before. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone gets a packet. You're a good lady. So you have an 18 year old. Yes. She, so, she looks only 20. I know. I have an 18 year old, and I don't know. look like that either. I'm not even saying that to be nice. <laughs> Thank Were they you. born in the US or born um, yes. here? Yeah. Yes. Oh, lovely. So I met my husband. In the States, and then we got married in Vegas and then came back here. We, we just had Elvis here before. Oh, no, yeah. I missed him. I love Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> yes, do we just Ooh, oh, I'm dropping stuff. Sorry. Sorry. Well, hit heads. Oh. Yes, he and his wife, Penny, who's Canadian, mm-hmm. they got married in Las Vegas by Elvis. Oh, well, we did the Little White Chapel where Brittany got married. Um, <laughs> but Elvis was like an extra $300, and my husband didn't want to do it. I was like, I feel like it's <laughs> worth the money. That's <laughs> Fair enough. We still have an excellent story to tell. Oh, it was fun. Like the Strip is a, is a really great place to elope. So thank you guys very much for being with us. Yes. Thank you. And good day. Good night. <laughs> Whatever. Later. <laughs> Later. <laughs> Bye. Oddball food combos. Just for us. Just oddballs. For us. A couple of oddballs. <laughs> yeah. And uh, why we decided to do that is because, you know. We why? Just, well, because we love you. <laughs> yeah. Actually, red beer. Red beer. So red you're beer. pouring Clamato yeah. into beer. Well, that's the Mexican says that. That's the that's uh, mar- colada. Mina Colada. Yeah, whatever Michelada. they call it. Michelada. This colony pizza, which he has, has a cult following. Mm-hmm. It has honey, pepperoni cups, and peppers. Sounds so, interesting. Well, it's a New York thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know, know anyone that puts honey in their pizza in flaky I Northern California, know. but I'll just leave you with your things. Okay. Uh, but in the uh, Delta region, of, uh, they call it... Colickles. <laughs> Colickles. I couldn't. Yeah, Colickles. <laughs> Spelled with a K, like yeah. Kool-Aid. But pickles. On the, the and the pictures are great. And Colickles like, are here to stay. All right. <laughs> I'm going to have to look for that next time we're down south. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm surprised you have not had that. No. Because they're like, the pictures I've seen, they're all red. Yeah. And so they've used cherry or punch or yeah, something. So you cut the pickle and no. then you dip it, the oh, whole pickle. No, they pickle them oh, in the Oh, they pickle them in the Kool Aid. Well, so oh. they have the pickles. The, how many times can we say pickles in a sense? Yeah. So they already have the pickles. They take the pickles out of the pickle jar. Yeah. Right. And, they <laughs> and didn't... put it in a pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> and they make Kool Aid and they kind of soak it. So re pickle oh. it in it. See, I thought that they also could get the pickles yes. out of the regular pickle jar. Yes. And then get that pre sweetened Kool Aid. And, and then, then dip it oh, into that. Oh, you're thinking the powder. Yeah. That takes it to another level. Or even uh, Hot Rocks. Aloha to my family in Hawaii. Uh, 
Now, this one, I was just in Hawaii two years ago. And I had to, and my my bestie said, she said, it's and it was on TV all the time, Hawaii Five-0. Can you believe? Really? Why would they want to watch that? I guess it's like watching NYPD. That's right. Just watch it. I'll feel better. I've been there. I've been there. Look, there's a corner. I told you they're there. (laughs) And uh, they take their shave ice very seriously. And she made her her daughter Chelsea take she goes Barbara you cannot leave the island without having shave ice and she yeah. goes Chelsea if you go to that one on that street if the line's more than 10 people don't go to that one turn around and you go to that one and it was very specific so I went and had it beautiful I love it but I did not have this one so it's sort of like um where they're putting condensed milk in it and or, make it almost like an ice cream yeah so that would be yummy because yeah. I like um there's a Filipino drink called Hello Hello and it has like chipped ice Condensed milk, I'm sure. Mm. It's got the red beans in it. It's sort of like what oh. bubble tea was before bubble tea yep. was so popular here. Um, so anyway, shave ice with condensed milk. Next time I go, I'll see if I can get hooked up with yeah. that. Katrina at work, yep. uh, who I was having an avocado, and I think I was just putting pepper on it. Here's a weird one. Yep. Here, this is. And she goes, have you ever tried condensed milk with your avocado? And I was sort of like, why would I do that? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds very California. Like, yeah, why would I do that? I'm not going to do that. And she goes, no, it's, it's great. Really try it. And this is how much I like cat. I tried it. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so good. It is so good. I don't know why it's so good, but I was completely sold. Luckily, we went through all the condensed milk and the fridge at work, and I wasn't tempted any further. Yeah. I, I told you the story. Like, when I first came here, went by boat with my mother. Yes. And uh, so – the steward used to take care of me because it was separate seating for adults and children. <laughs> right. So when my mother went table. for dinner, yeah. So it was the English boat, you know, very yeah. upsetting. And uh, so all the milk on the boat was actually condensed milk. Oh, wow. And we used to go like into it, a storage area and like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <The> <laughs> drink and oh, it's so good. My grandmother used to, that. my dad's mom and used throw, to have And then that. throw the garbage overboard. They don't do that no more, you know? No, they, they I tell don't. Tell you about the, uh, the toilets on the uh, trains? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Actually, I was watching one of the shows where they travel all over the world by train. And uh, and I think it's like in India, they still have the, the toilets in the train cars the same way. So when you flush, it just goes down to the tracks. <laughs> okay, we, we got off this subject. <laughs> Now let's get back to something good. Spam. Speaking of trash, yeah. <laughs> so let's see if I got any other things that I found that you didn't. Uh, hot sauce and ice cream. Please. Well, I remember going to the South Melbourne Market. Yes. Right, and they have a guy there that sells fresh ice cream or mm-hmm. gelato, and he has uh, chocolate on top of it, like stuck into it. Yeah. With chilies, like those little red hot bass. Uh. Some of the bitches. Yeah. <laughs> can't say that on the radio, right? <laughs> so That's a bit of horn so there, there's like something that like, oh, it's hot. Oh, it's cold now. Yeah, yeah. so he cools it. Okay. Yeah. I can see it. I'm just picturing Frank's or something vinegary. Maybe no. something else I can do it with. Yeah. But mm. Yeah. not Or uh, like the time I brought back from Texas, the pickled jalapenos, which were sweet, like a jam. Oh, I had those. those on are top, of, top of ice cream. Yeah, that, that would will be good. be good. Or even better, fried ice cream. Oh, I love fried that. ice cream. How good is fried pickles? Oh, fried pickles are awesome. <laughs> I love a good old, you know, the favorite line out of um, 
sweet home of Alabama. Yeah. She goes, do you want fried pickle? Just fresh out of the fat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, to Candisburg, and I love it. Ice cream and milkshakes. All right, how many flavors does Baskin Robin have? 31. 31, so we're one, in one for week. each day of the week. Of the week of the month? Of the month, yeah. That's right. It's only seven <laughs> days in a week, right? That's right. Yeah. So this must be a leap month because we're <laughs> up to 32. Okay. Well, 32 episodes. There you go. Top ice cream countries in the world. Guess who's number one? You would never, not, if you weren't reading this and you yeah. didn't research it, you would never guess it. No, when I it's was It's like surprised. a Jeopardy question. <laughs> I'll take ice cream for 500, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the top uh, eater of ice cream? Well, it says New Zealand. New Zealand. Yeah. And there's not that many people there, so they must get a good ratio. Yes. Well, you do see some New Zealand ice cream uh, things around. Here. Oh, and New Zealand and dairy products are lovely, mm-hmm. and so is their wine, but, you know, that's how I am. And then number two is the good old U.S. of A. Yep. Um, and then, but, uh, but by difference of like almost 8%. That is a and but we've they, had a but bunch they, of people. Yeah, because there's a – the overweight people are more than 8% from New Zealand. Oh, and then no. followed then by Australia, which is 10% less than New Zealand. And then Marco. Paulo. <laughs> it's believed that served ice creams being made in China was introduced, uh, and he introduced them from Italy. So he got the ice cream from China. How did he get it back frozen? Or he took the idea and then I brought it back I think it Italy. would have to be the idea unless it was really chilly. And he wasn't travels. even in the uh, swimming pool. Marco. <laughs> Fish out of water. Okay. And and wasn't until 1660 that ice cream was made available, available to the general public. So prior to that, it was just for the elitists. Yes, that would be right. Kings and queens and... Specials, yeah. people. All and the hanger-ons. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. The court. The, the prince, the dukes, the duchess. Yeah. And yes, and maybe there are illegitimate children and draw the line there. Okay. There are the uh, accounts of ice cream being served in the American colonies as early as 1744. And part of that, and a little bit of research, was uh, TJ, good old Thomas Jefferson. That whole France trip really changed mm-hmm. how we eat as, as Americans. So ice cream, there's some very odd flavors. Right. And these are all in the U.S. Because sometimes when we find odd flavors, we end up looking at Japan's flavors or some Asian countries. Mm -hmm. But now you can say them and I will tell you what's in it. Oh, well, I can't say the first one. Cicada. Cicada. Oh, like the bug. The bug. The bug. So it makes that noise. You know how we talked about a limited promotion? Yeah. This is the ultimate limited promotion. Because nobody ate it. (laughs) (laughs) So this is available in Missouri. Um, it has boiled cicadas that are covered in milk chocolate, mm. dipped in brown sugar. They're then mixed into a brown sugar and buttered flavored ice cream. But the strange concoction is only available when the cicadas are around once every 13 years. Yep. Ew. Did <laughs> <laughs> you try it? Well, yeah, probably because I've, I've tried grasshopper or crickets. whatever, crickets. Yeah. 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 It's the whole boiling thing that kind of puts me off. I don't want them. I want them dried out. I don't yeah, want you to, want them. You want them crunchy. You don't yeah, want them no, soggy. That's right. I don't want anything popping. Yeah. Oh, and then in uh, cereal milk. Yes. So Christina Tozy, who um, she's awesome. If anyone follows her, she invented this flavor by um, she had milk and she just let some cornflakes go soggy in it. Oh yeah. Right, and then she used it to make recipes. Yeah. So it is available in New York City. Then we got pizza. Well, 
I yes. had that last night, but it was hot. <laughs> it was hot. It was it not wasn't the ice frozen. Cream. Now that's in Pennsylvania. And it whips up a pizza flavored ice cream using tomato, basil, oregano, salt, and garlic. It's like a like a that's like a sorbet. It is like a sorbet, but I don't know if I want garlic in my ice cream. <laughs> then we've got Black walnut, your favorite. I love it. I think it's my grandma's favorite, but she must have let me have some because you know grandmas do that. Um, sweet cream base balances out the strong, earthy tone of black walnuts, which are very different from the mild English variety that we usually have. And that was from Alabama. Alabama. Yep. I don't know how that ended up in California, but it was Well, because good. the walnuts came from California. Well, but black walnuts, maybe. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I'll research and it. Then we got goat's cheese beet swirl. I picked that me. I picked that just for you. Because oh, <laughs> <laughs> I know how you love beets. Roasted yes, beets um. made for a sweet, rich contrast in this thick, tanging goat's cheese treat. Blah. Hang on. Last one. Ooh. Last one. I like Ooh. this one. I do too. If it, if it is go. what I think it is. <laughs> it is. Okay. Honey Jack and Coke. <laughs> Dolores, this one's for you. Uh, this boozy batch is made from honey whiskey custard. And if that wasn't enough, it also gets a generous drizzle of Jack Daniels infused honey. Where do we get this? We have to go to Wisconsin. <laughs> I'm going. Okay. okay since they, since, I could since they let us travel. Where, where do you want to go first, honey? Wisconsin. Why? What, for the brats? No. <laughs> honey Jack ice cream. We have to go to Ben and Bill's Chocolate Emporium. No, no. That's the other one. This is Big Deal Burgers. <laughs> right. So... We are going to go back to the 1904 St. Louis World Fair, which we have talked about a few times yep. with innovations. And there was a Syrian gentleman named Ernest E. Hamwi who is believed to have invented the ice cream cone. Now, necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah, because he ran out of ice cream cups or something, right? Yeah, so next to him was an ice cream seller. No, he was the waffles. He was the ice no, cream. No, I see. Oh, oh, he was the waffle guy. He was the waffle guy, right? Oh, okay. And the stall next to him was the ice cream seller, and they ran out of dishes. There you go. So he's like, so as a favor, he rolled a waffle to hold his ice cream, and the ice cream cone was born. Now, this is why this was such a miracle, Mr. Hamway, mm -hmm. because but prior to the good humor carts, the other carts that they had, <laughs> they used to have the ice cream that they would scoop, yep. and they'd have dishes. Right? right? So they give you a dish of vanilla, like vanilla and chocolate. You'd eat it. You'd kind of lick the bowl, and then they'd reuse the bowl. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Right. If I would have a dog, you know, like, here, hey, give it a dog. Let him lick it. I've got a story about that, too. <laughs> yeah. And they, uh, so all of a sudden, when this was happening, tuberculosis and all sorts of things popped up, popped up in New York. And yeah. the ice cream cone not only helped solve that problem, but yeah. it was environmentally friendly. Yeah, because you, there was no waste. That's exactly right. So now, Brenda Neal was one of my mother-in-law's bridesmaids. Mm -hmm. She was a bit of a kick. She, there's a, lots of funny stories involving Brenda Neal. But what she used to do is if one of the kids got an ice cream, she would make sure that, no, 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 you have to share it with all of us, right? Right. So she'd get all the kids. So it wasn't her ice cream, but she just organized it. Yeah. So she got all the kids in a circle and the dog, <laughs> right? And she would organize it that the poor kid who bought the ice cream was the first person after the dog oh. <laughs> to lick it. <laughs> How big was the dog? <laughs> I don't even know. Milkshakes are actually extremely good for business because yeah. they're cheap. Yeah. Because they have so much air in them. Yeah, because it just fills it with air. That's I mean, right. Same thing with ice cream. Ice cream is filled with air. Soft ice cream. That's right. Yeah. So if you do it in uh, Sonic, 
says it's it's one of their highest volume revenue producing areas. And about, let's see, the market research states that about 75% of the average priced $3.38 restaurant shake, that mm-hmm. was 2006, yeah. was profit. So 75%, 75% profit. Yeah, probably the cup costs more than the ice cream. <laughs> you know, I love restaurant diner lingo. Yeah. You know how they yell things out. So there's milkshake lingo, which oh. I never knew. So burn wine all the way. It's a chocolate malt with a cho- with chocolate ice cream. Yep. So it looks like it burnt. Yep. Twist it, choke it, and make it cackle. <laughs> I love that one. It's a chocolate malted with an egg. Um, so Eddie Murphy did this great ice cream bit. Do you remember this? No. Like, I think it was in Raw. Delirious. Oh, delirious, delirious, right? So he's just saying like, you know, he grew up in the neighborhood where, you know, he was a bit poor and the ice cream truck would come around and his kid would go, I got an ice cream and you don't have one. Your mama's on welfare. <laughs> Your daddy's an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> it was so yeah. funny yeah. Just, and it goes on forever and actually he goes he looks and he's using the microphone as the ice cream and he drops it and he's like <laughs> <laughs> g'day y'all and welcome to episode 33 chocolate God. <laughs> one of my most favorite topics uh welcome to phil and so phil milk or dark what is your favorite dark dark i'm yeah. a dark Person. I like the dark chocolate. I like it too. Chocolate versus sex. What well, there is, there is a chocolate. This is a family show. Well, you know, we're not going to get into the mechanics of the other, but maybe chocolate. But the uh, there is a dessert, which I do love. It is better than sex. <laughs> and it's a chocolate cake with chocolate everything. So there you go. So chocolate consumers say they would surprisingly give up many of their favorite things for the chance to win chocolate for a year. But they don't give up these things. All the things they ask them for is like a week or a month. They should give it up for a year if they're getting chocolate for a year. It should be takeover. Right. 51% said they would give up drinking their favorite alcohol for their favorite alcohol. So that doesn't eliminate. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll give up my favorite alcohol for a week. But I got substitutes. I got standbys. There's always a loophole. (laughs) Ghirardelli chocolate. So we're going to talk a little bit about Mr. Ghirardelli, who is Diego Ghirardelli, but he had changed his name from his Italian first name to Diego at some point. We do, I'm not sure why. I'm only guessing that he was dealing with a lot of uh, the Colombian and South American chocolate suppliers. Yeah. I don't know. So, and but, it's the third oldest chocolate company in America. That is, that's right. But in 1852. Well, before that, so this is a little bit that. Mm. Touches my heart. In 1849, he sailed to America and he opened a general store in Stockton, California. Of all places. Of all places. Like, really, there's not much going on in Stockton, even then. (laughs) Maybe he was trying to bring some (laughs) life to Stockton. That's right. So he's offering supplies and confections to miners. And then he headed in 1852 to um, San Francisco, where he opened his confectionery shop, Ghirardelli and um, Girard, or Girard, which eventually became the modern day Ghirardelli Chocolate Company. Now we'll bring up. Mr. Hershey, our favorite person. Good old Milton. Milton. Yeah. With a name like that, you got to succeed. Yeah. So he started out, uh, you know, looking for, he started with a bunch of other companies before that. One was uh, another candy company, he made Caramel or Caramel. Yeah. Uh, and that's a, he did pretty well at that. And then he sold that to start off the, uh, the Hershey company. And he had big dreams. Yeah. But he 
was over in Europe and he fell in love with milk chocolate. So he came back to America and bought, you know, look for an area where he could build a, a city, basically, yeah. because I think that was like the go then. You know, you build something out in the wilderness and then you build a city and then all the employees live there and you know, he probably had full control over it. It's like a dictator. Well, yeah, but it, it's sold to you. It's a family. Yeah, it's a family thing. It's a company town. So he put it out in Lancaster. I think it was Lancaster County, uh, Pennsylvania, yeah. and started there And because of all the dairy industry. Yeah. So he had his source of milk. It's like at his doorstep. But he didn't have a formula of how to make chocolate bars. But he wanted to make a milk chocolate bar because he liked it over in Europe. But he didn't know how. So it was a lot of trial and error. Yeah, yeah. And- you know, the story goes that he tried a bunch of them. He had his food chemist working for him, and then uh, he's trying different ones, and he gives him one. He says, try this one. I, I don't think you're going to like it. And he liked it. And the reason why the fellow that was trying it said, well, the milk went a bit sour when we were doing it. I didn't think you like it. And that's what he liked. Well, and then people talk about American chocolate having a tangy sort yeah, of- And that's and the that's, reason, it. that's the Hershey and the Kisses also. Yep. Has that bit of a tangy- Bit or floral uh, taste and smell, and that's because of the way that Milton Hershey wanted his chocolates to taste. And yeah. I guess it worked because it's the biggest chocolate company in the world. Well, and I think it takes away some of that sweetness of the milk chocolate, like it cuts through it yeah. a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, when I was googling Mister Hershey or googling chocolate, it said, "Does Ameri- Why does American chocolate taste like vomit?" Oh. And that's the reason. It, it was like a similar, similar chemicals. Yes. <laughs> that's it. yes. But it's also, you know, it's funny. Like when we first started here and started selling the Hershey bars and Kisses and stuff, people would complain. Americans will say, oh, this, this tastes awful. This doesn't taste like I remember it. No, because you, you forgot. Be, that's right. <laughs> that is, a, that is a, not an uncommon thing that happens. It's like breakfast cereal. It always yes. has like a, you know, it tastes like. Something's going to be on the shelf, you know, like breakfast cereal. Yeah. It has a little aftertaste mm-hmm. that I quite like because it's, what did you say, all the enrichment. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it says vitamins that yeah. do it too. Well, we used to have enrichments, on, you know, like in, in the Bronx, you know, like <laughs> open up the thing. You never know what else in eating the cereal before you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see if there's any evidence on the box before yeah. you do that. Mm-hmm. Now, he, because of his success, the other people – in the industry sort of took from him and learned from him and then and competed with him. So Frank C. Mars and his son, Forrest Mars Sr., collaborated on the idea for the Milky Way bar, which we have cut up here yep. too, which we'll give that a go. Now, you know uh, the whole yeah. story about that with Forrest? So Forrest, was, he was living up in Saskatchewan right, in Canada, probably up there where Clarence Birdseye was hanging out. Could be. It's all connected. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so he was – he. Really didn't know his father. His father got divorced, mm-hmm. and they went like separate ways. I guess because he stayed with his mother or something. I don't know what that's why he ended up there. But then he went down to Chicago. He's looking for work, and his guy gave him these. You remember those signs, post no bills? Yes. I can never figure out what that was as a kid. What do you mean by post no bills? Yeah, mailing I, bills. What you know? Do I put the? I can't put my gas bill up there or something. You know? <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. So he was out there. You know. Uh, whitewashing with glue and putting up these posters up there. And then he got caught. And of course, the, in those days, the police were police. You get something that was like an offense, brought him in. And he had nobody to call the bail because they're going to put him in jail for a few days. 
So the only person that you knew in Chicago or outside Chicago, I think probably was either Chicago or in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where his father was, where his store was, but that's really close to something. So he called his father and his father came over. And the first time his father seen him as an adult and bailed him out. In jail. Okay. So I then see. after that, they got talking and his father like put him up a bit and they were in at a, a malt shop and they're talking about the products and stuff and they're drinking a milkshake. Right. Right. And they, and he said, Forrest says, if we could only get this taste into a candy bar. Eureka. Yeah. I don't know about Eureka, but that was a good <laughs> idea. Eureka's up in California, yeah, right? It's yeah. the Eureka moment. It's the Eureka moment. Yes. yes. I know. The light bulb moment. Yeah. I know. So, I'm stealing a bit and, of and that. And that's what that all came about. Then his father went off and uh, took that idea and they kept on trialing and error and they came up with the Milky Way. Which I'm going to sample now, but- Brendan's going to jump in for a second because the Milky Ways here are mm. different. They're here. They're very light and they're fluffy. Yes. And they are nothing like the American ones. In fact, I only had one of these, which was a dark chocolate version, about six weeks ago, and I just thought they were the same thing. So the Milky Way in Australia is nothing like the Milky Way, and if you have a bite of that, which I just did then, it does taste like a chocolate malted milkshake. Mm. They absolutely nailed it. Mm. So the audience should go and try one of these because it's not the little blue Australian bar that we recognise and think it's the same name, different product. Because that's mm. kind of like a Three Musketeers, yeah. the American or the Australian mm-hmm. Milky Way. Because they made it to the Australian taste over here. But when he did that, the thing was he's competing against, you know, he's just a small company. They were buying their chocolates from Hershey, you know, the oh, raw yes. ingredient. So. He was buying from them, using that, and then all of a sudden he comes up with this candy bar with this whipped nougat inside of it, bigger than a Hershey bar for the same price. And people naturally say, wait a minute, why am I spending a nickel on mm. that one? And look how much bigger this one is, and it's still a nickel. But it was cheaper to make because he didn't have all the chocolate inside. He just had all this air. You know? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And that was the start. And then he, then his son was, you know, wanted to expand a company. And he said to his father, he says, you know, well, we got to, we're buying it from Hershey. He says, well, Hershey's our supplier. He said, dad, no, they're not our supplier. They're our competitor because mm-hmm. he wanted to continue going east, you know. And uh, so that's when he got, and he wanted a 30% of the business. He got pissed off his old man. He left as they do. Yeah. yeah he went, <laughs> yeah, he went over, he went over, he went over to Europe hanging out over there and his father died at 50 years old of a heart attack on the floor in his office. So he came back. He he didn't know that until like two weeks after because of, Oh yeah. You have have to get a letter. You have to get a letter. Right. You know, and had to go by the queen Mary or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So he didn't know that. And then he came back and he he didn't have the money because he was, didn't own the business, you know, because it was his father's business. So he went and he had to, get money, and he came up making another candy, mm-hmm. okay? And he went to Hershey's and says, what do you think it is? You know, and he, and he took out of his pocket a tissue with these candy-coated little chocolates. And the guy says, oh, these are colorful, you know? And this is uh, the chief financial officer who just got dudded by Mr. Hershey because Hershey decided to retire, and this, this fellow has been with him all the time, 
worked with him throughout his thing and looked after the company, thought he was next in line to get the chief position. Nope. Gave it to somebody else. So, so he wasn't too happy. Yes. Well, this would be the time to maybe break out and change a few things. Well, sort of, but he still needed the chocolate. So he gave it to this guy and, and, and that's how he gave him an M&M. But it wasn't an yeah. M&M then. It was only an M. Okay. <laughs> So what he did was, being a, a good, smart guy, he says, okay, here's the deal, right? He's, he still needs that chocolate from Hershey, the raw ingredient, and he wants to make these and compete against uh, Hershey. Yep. But with, I think his name was Miser. Uh, I the, think you're right, yeah. Yep. Well, he might be the other end at the end. Yeah, he's the other. Well, Miser. so what he did was he says, hey, look, here's the deal. Your son is going to have 25% of the company and be the uh, chief whatever. He gave him a title, probably not to do anything. Okay. You know how that goes, right? Yes. Yeah. So he uh, gave him, and that's how M&M came about. And then he had enough money from that that just like took off, sold to the military. They did it in tubes originally. Yes, I saw that. Yes. Yeah, because it didn't melt in your mouth. It melted in your mouth, not, not in your, your hands. hands. Yes. Okay. So he made all enough money for that to go buy the rest of Mars and take over Mars again. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, there's always a, there's always an underhanded thing somewhere mm. in all of our stories. Yeah, but this kid, if it wasn't him hanging up those posters and getting arrested, he'd be still up in Saskatchewan fishing in <laughs> you know, an ice fishing. Well, he'd be expedition. dead now, but yeah. yes. But that's what he would have been doing, you know. <laughs> there'd be no, there'd be no Hershey bars, yes. or no uh, Mars, Mars bars, bars. M and M's. And then H. B. Reese, he worked as a dairy farmer and shipping foreman for Hershey's. Launched his own candy company in 1923, and five years later introduced Reese's peanut butter cups. Yes. So, and then chocolate bars soared into popularity during the 20s. And there's so many things, what, peanut butter, so many things we've talked about in the 20s. They really had to innovate and bring things to people. And as you mentioned before, the candy bars were important because it was a meal. Yes, it was a meal. It was feeding the poor. So all of these, so we have Mr. Ghirardelli, we have Mr. Hershey, Mr. Mars by two, Mm -hmm. and Mr. Reese. So those are the big names in our history of chocolate. Yep. But they also helped feed, the little guys, and that's right, and feed the people mm-hmm. that were, you know, living on out of soup kitchens or in, you know, what was the pre- like in the little shanty towns yeah. that people had to come into. Yeah. But you know, the Americans with their, you know, Hershey, etc., you know, to feed the poor and to feed, during the depression and to feed the soldiers and all that. That was our version of they, they innovated to do that. You know what the yeah. Brits did? You know what their innovation was to feed the poor? I'm afraid what? Stout. <laughs> I'm serious. Stout. Well, that's more fun. Fusion and innovation. So there's going to be a few interesting things that we're going to talk about today. During COVID, we've all had challenges. We've all had to, you know, luckily with USA Foods, we're able to pivot the business so we could help people with local deliveries and pickups. Mm-hmm. So a lot of, um, a lot of the food companies and restaurants have had to pivot. So we'll be talking about how COVID has happened uh, or has advanced their businesses in yeah. some cases. Amazon plans to introduce with your uh, with your palm service at Whole Foods. So they bought Whole Foods. Yeah, I know that. So yeah. you're able to walk so in. So it's going to go downhill just like Trader Joe's. 
that's well there's no one in it there's no one to look after you you sit there and you so i don't know whether it's a palm print or they want everyone to have a chip in themselves like in sweden yeah well they'll probably do that (laughs) so that is one bit of innovation that's happening Mm -hmm. so then you don't have to hire anyone to assist your customers ghost restaurants have happened now that started happening before COVID with Uber Eats and all those companies where they're a kitchen and when you look them up, they look like they're a full restaurant, but they're actually just for delivery services. And also we've got meal kits. So in the first quarter of 2020, so COVID central, HelloFresh, for example, because there's several of them, got 1 million new customers. Reese's is um, partnered with a company called Hot Dot Cosmetics, and they're making a peanut butter cup-inspired line. So it's going to smell like Reese's Cups. Mm -hmm. It's taking inspiration from the colors of Reese's Cups, and it's got their branding and a whole new audience. Yeah. Well, it's similar to... Yeah, we bring in the lip balms. Yes, we do. Okay. The cereal that lip are bombs. cereal lip balms. So there's uh, like Captain Crunch, Lucky Charms, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, uh, Honey Nut Cheerio Honey one. Nut Cheerio. Yeah. And then we got the other one that also brings in, well, it's all made by the same company. So then they do the Tootsie brands. Yes. So they do Tootsie Rolls and Tootsie Pops. And and then we have Pepsi and Mountain Dew yes. and all, all those. The, all the soda ones. Yeah. There is a... Um, ice cream bar here called Golden Gay Time. And it has a traditional flavor, which is really yummy, but they've come out with, they have partnered with Cocoa Pops. So it's a Cocoa Pop covered one. Mm-hmm. So while he was digging, ratting through the freezer, looking for one of those, he found a Golden Gay Time birthday cake one. Yep. Right? And we've been doing birthday cake like Oreos, Oreos forever. Birthday cake is the most popular flavor, yeah. which is like fun And birthday cake frosting now. Yep. Yeah. All of that. So he was looking for that. And then yeah, when yeah. he couldn't find it, he decided that since he couldn't have a Cocoa Pop one, <laughs> I could have just the birthday get cake one. nicked and yeah. I couldn't have my birthday cake one, right. which after you leave today, we're driving back to the petrol station because <laughs> I'm petty like that. And now that's what I want. There's a lot of raves about the Heineken Zero. and Yep. Well, well I haven't it, tried it yet, but I, I'll, I'm going to try it because it's good to have a few alcohol-free days per year. I mean, oh. per week. <laughs> <laughs> For the not a true Freudian slip, right? But there is a company, I think it's in Pennsylvania called Brew Doctor, and it's zero waste and it's sort of a circular business model. So they sell tea like kombucha. Mm -hmm. And so they make the kombucha out of the tea they sell and they get the alcohol that they sell out of the kombucha. So it's a full circle. So the three products. Um, from that business model, which is pretty awesome. So plant-based. So people are trying to be, there's a new trendy word, Phil. Yeah, I see that. Flexitarian. Flexitarian. Which means some days you're vegetarian, some days you're carnivore, some days you're an omnivore, some days you're vegan. I think I've been like that most of my life. That's what most people I think are. I mean, there are a few people that are only meat and potatoes and that's it. Those Uh, Irish people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of the UK, now more than 25 uh, percent of the UK population call themselves flexitarian. And they call themselves pansexual uh, too. Pans- We're not getting into this. This is well, not this also a- has to do with... Yeah. No, it has nothing to do with it at all. So stop. It's a fusion. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Does, there's yeah. also... I'm not letting... the cards this- and letters coming in for us. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Direct them to Phil at USAP. <laughs> 
again, origins of it kind of came down to hamburgers themselves, to the food cart, and to industrialization of the U.S. Because they had to do, what do we do with all this meat that we can't sell? That's right. Let's grind it all up and sell to somebody else. And right. I need to, I need to have a quick <laughs> lunch break when I work my forty-five hour day yeah. with no breaks so that you can make a meal out of the hamburger. So you've got your veggies, you've got your beef, and you've got your bun. You can put it in your hand, yeah. walk in. Well, it just reminds me of like the good old days. You remember, you know, when your mother told you to clean up after you ate, you know, take your plates and all that. Yeah. To the, so now it's like you tell your kids, okay, uh, could you clean up after we eat dinner? And then that means to take all the wrappers and everything <laughs> out of the back seat of the car. <laughs> 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 yes, that is true. Or can you put your Uber Eats bag in the recycling bin? Yes, yes that is the old days. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of going through a history of burger joints. Now, the first one, uh, which is I think the first recorded sort of hamburger place, right. you are very familiar with. Yeah. I have never had the pleasure. White Castle. So you tell started us- in 1921. Yes, I remember my father. 1921. 1921. <laughs> no, I re- I remember my my father. Going out to Roosevelt Raceway uh-huh. in Long Island, and we lived in Brooklyn. Yeah, and on the way home, because it, the track ended well, depended upon when he ran. Either if if he came home late, it was a good night. If he came <laughs> home early, well, okay. <laughs> but we used to hound them to bring home White Castles on the way home. Yeah, so we used to bring them home, and they were just so tasty. And I think they were eleven cents each at the time. And it was a little hamburger. It's like if you look at a regular size hamburger yep. of McDonald's. Cut that in about take about thirty percent off of that, and then that's what you get. Well, is that and they why were square? And they said so that's why they're sold in a sack, so yeah. you get a whole bunch of them a sack yeah. full. Well, because they they were square, so yeah. the meat is square with five holes in it. Looks like a, a five of diamonds, you know, with something <laughs> you know, had five holes punched into it, and there's a reason for that. Yes. Okay, and then because they're square, they fit into these little boxes. In 1936, so same era, moving on to the 30s, mm-hmm. Bob's Big Boy in SoCal. It yes. started. Um, Famous for the uh, the little statue that sat outside. The, and they were how many would have been stolen from whatever. <laughs> That's exactly. You know. With the dippity-doo hairdo. Yeah. Yes. And he was the first one. The gentleman, Mr., I think it's Weir, who started it, was the first one. He sliced the bun into three slices. So kind of oh, like the Big Mac. Big Mac, yeah. In and out. Another famous Californian. A difference with that, it's not – a franchise. It's never been franchised. It's a family business. Yep. And they owned each restaurant and the land the restaurant was on. So this is why it's not as big. So McDonald's, which we'll talk about in a second, has like a bajillion restaurants everywhere. Mm-hmm. In and out is only in one part of the country. And it's Well, it, they are expanding. They are expanding, now, but they will because the daughter runs it now. That's right. And she well, the company, oh, they will not daughter. have any frozen products. So mm-hmm. they have you have to be able to drive yep. fresh what's coming to the restaurant every day. So all the food is sort of fresh and local. Um, so actually their expansion, they had five stores in 10 years and 50 stores in 40 years. in and out actually start, had the first two-way speaker system. Hmm. So you know when you can't understand each other yeah. most of the time, that's their fault. Hey, dude. <laughs> what was that, dude? I said <laughs> I one. wanted fries. <laughs> All right, so now there's also five guys. The five guys are the dad and the four sons. Mm-hmm. And I told this. It was told. No, Fred McMurray. He okay. wasn't there. They were told start a business or go to college. So here we are with five guys. Okay, and then uh, in the late '80s, squeeze this. St- now you know Guy Fieri. 
Yeah. Right. He, that's his. No, it's not, but he kind of brought it to uh, light. There's this little tiny 12-stool uh, small restaurant in uh, Sacramento called The Squeeze In. And they started making these burgers that have a cheese skirt. Mm. All right. So you fry a burger. So it's a third of a pan or a quarter of a pan. And you put the same amount of cheese over the top. Right. And it spreads out. And then what they do, similar to White Castle, they throw some ice around it and put a lid on it and it steams everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's it's like crunchy cheese. And then, you know, the the whole thing. Celebrities. Who love a good burger? Uh, there's a few funny stories. Uh, Gordon Ramsay thought he'd give In and Out a try. He was yeah. in LA, so he was in the drive-through, and it was oh no, did he go in first? He went in first, <laughs> and they told him to go back. Had out. Had a double double. Yeah, liked it so much he got in his car and went through the drive-through to get another one. <laughs> <laughs> And I think you'll appreciate this. Anthony Bourdain, who's one of my favorite chefs and travelers, uh, he made this joke because there's a picture of him on his Instagram that he had, and he's just he's eating a double-double. And he said, I could be sitting with naked women in a spa with the Rolling Stones, you know, right. smoking a bong, and yeah. I wouldn't get as many likes as I did me eating <laughs> an In-N-Out burger In-N-Out. on my exactly. <laughs> And uh, Julia Child, who also liked a Costco hot dog, she likes it. She did. She loved a Costco oh, hot dog. Price Club in those days. Well, he passed away before. Costco no, no, over. she she kind of managed, but uh, so she. It's reported that she used to be such a fan. She carried a list of store locations of In and Out with her, hmm. and even sent an assistant out on a burger run when she was in the hospital. <laughs> Donuts loom is a quote as one one more horrid substance we shovel into our collective mouths. <laughs> <laughs> Symbols of Americans' ever-increasing laziness and obesity, Mullen says. But for many of us, donuts are a very special treat that has a very special status, and we're not going to give it up. Yeah, or, but you have to put that dig in there. Yeah, you know? I know. yeah, or it's going to be one of the last treats we do give up. Yeah. Now, donuts aren't lazy. That's not lazy. No, you got to go to the shop and get them. That's exactly right. And if you walk, you're exercising. Yes. And if you walk from your car to the shop and then back to your car. And then you're probably going to work. That's exactly right. And then you're doing, to the gym. <laughs> you're doing your hard earned yeah. for the country. And what do you think the favorite of yeah. California is and the favorite of New well, York is? Well, California has to be the bear claw. Very good. Yeah, well, I, I lived there, it. you know. Hey, I lived in London Beach, dude. You know, Surf City, USA. You lived in the uh, fancy part. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, just where dude. the farmers yeah, and the Yeah, right down there. Chickers. And near New York. Uh, yes. God. What would be the New York one? Cinnamon. Cronuts. Cronuts. What's going on with that state? <laughs> it's your left and it's all gone to hell. Yeah. <laughs> Archaeologists turn up turned up fossilized bits of what looked like donuts in the middens of prehistoric prehistoric Native American settlements. Do you know what a middens is? <laughs> I know what mittens are. No, with a D. We looked it up and went, ooh, it's a dung heap. Oh. <laughs> but it looks that's like. Lot. That's crappy. That is. <laughs> so this, they were uh, enjoying donuts back then so much so they're fossilized. The fossilized? <laughs> donuts were a really, you know, uplifting thing again in the Depression because they only cost a nickel. 
And there was Probably a th- two for a nickel. That's right. And, and, and you know, a nickel ain't worth a dime anymore. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. So in uh, Washington, D.C.'s Capitol Theater, when you bought your donut, it had a little slip of paper with different sayings to make like a you happy. Cookie. That's right. And it says, <laughs> as you go through life, make this your goal, watch the donut, not the hole. That's right. So there's a place here called Danny Flake Donuts. And Still here? It's gone. Gone. As well it should be after hearing this. Yes. And there is a journalist, Philip Adams, who's Australian. Um, he, oh, sorry. He's an ad man. And I remember him seeing him years ago. And he came up for Danny Flake Donuts with this, it was called the Optimist Creed, which is a direct ripoff of that. They used to have it up on their walls at the different Danny Flakes. Mm. And he has been accredited with that. If you Wikipedia, it's like he came up with it. Yeah, he probably came up with Target. And Kmart. Kmart. <laughs> Indescribably delicious. He probably yeah. came in with yes, that. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, there and, we go. And in your good hands. The old state. It would all say, oh, with VACC. No. Yeah, where'd you get that? Probably the same guy. Could, probably was. Yeah. You know, this is what happened before the internet. Someone got to go travel around the world, rip off all the good stuff. Yeah, and come back and say, hey, so my new ideas. <laughs> During World War One, homesick American doughboys. So what's a doughboy? Well, they. Oh, you don't know. <laughs> well, it has nothing to do with donuts, but oh. they used to have. I'm forgetting uh, if they were which, if they were army or marine. It has to be army. I'm thinking World War One. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter because if I get it wrong, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Yep. But they had white belts. They they used to polish like with flour, and that's how they got the nickname Doughboys. Uh-huh. But um, when they were fighting in the trenches of France, they were um, brought donuts by female volunteers who he, who brought them to the front lines and gave them a tasty touch of home, oh, taste of home. How nice that is! And then World War Two, mm. which is I love this, the Red Cross women, later known as Donut Dollies, <laughs> doled them out as well. Because really, you bring me a donut, I'm smiling. Like yes, it's just, happy that's with a exactly donut. right. Yep. You're happy when you're eating it, not when you get on the scale. A week you don't want to think yeah. about that. No, 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 like no. you said, you have a way to cure that. Just eat the middle. Now, so the police fondness for this pastry dates back to the 50s. And it talks about often it was because they're open odd hours. They could do their work there. They could drink coffee there. They could hang out. And they could see what was going on on the beat rather than being back in the station house. So they, um, whoever they are, did a survey. So police officers, it's right, Chief Wiggum, they voted on what the favorite donut shops were. Now, they've gone to old chains, and uh, we can guess. So the first one, Winchell's Donut. And they suggested you try the buttermilk bar. Which will be a a cake donut. Yeah. And it it has like, I think it's made with sour cream as well, like the old-fashioned one. So it has a different taste. It's just so good. They are so good. Mm. And Shipley's Donuts, which is spelled D-O hyphen nuts. All righty. Houston, (laughs) Texas. Yes. 1936. And they can be found in many southern states. And the donut to try there is the Shipley Classic. And then we got Tim Hortons. So that's for the Canadians, eh? Yeah, that's right. I n- yeah. I've never been. You've been. You've had yeah. the pleasure. Yeah. Now the yeah, but my favorite one, no, well, favorite one. I you know only went there a few times while we were yes. up in Canada, and I was at there in Toronto, and during uh, must have been October or something because they had the pumpkin donut, so it was like a regular donut 
you know, with the hole in it, done like with yes. a pumpkin spice. But in the center was had a filling that was like a pumpkin pie filling <gasps> on the donut. Oh, let's oh. try that. Because yeah, we could just get a plain donut, good. put our pumpkin spice on yeah, it. Yeah, so it had like a glaze and then that uh, on top of it, like this. That Okay, I'll give them that. So it's like a pumpkin pie donut. Oh, my gosh. That was really Maybe good. I should give Canada a shot next time I go and have yeah. a visit. Uh, and the donut to try there is Timbits, which are the little donut holes. Oh, okay. Little variety mm-hmm. pack of donut holes. Uh, number two, Duncan. Duncan. Thinking donuts. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts. And, you know, as we talked to our friend Flavio, yeah. made a whole trip to the U.S. for Dunkin', Dunkin' Donuts, Donuts, which well, is so when, sad. When my cousin was <laughs> over there, when we lived in Jersey, we had a Dunkin' Donuts that wasn't far from him, and he, like, fell in love with it. So, Martin, this is for you. Yeah. You remember this, right? <laughs> so, when I, I was working shift work, and I got home, and he says, oh, if, you know, if it's not out of your way, he used to tell me, could you stop over at he used to call it Dinkum Donuts. Yeah. <laughs> he just started with a Dinkum Donuts and gave me a few jelly donuts or whatever he liked, you know. And yeah, so I did that. So he he craved the Dinkum Donuts. He called. <laughs> and their favorite one is the Oreo cheesecake, which I have never had. For number one rated is Krispy Kremes, and that's probably because they're probably all over the place too. Well, and you know, and hot donut, hot donuts. Yes, because you know they're fresh because there's signs on. Yeah, the sign is and on. And you go straight over, and it started in 1937, Northern California. So here it is. In 1992, they introduced the hot donuts now light, where customers can get fresh till the fresh donuts are on. So if the lights on, they're just coming yeah. up. And, hot out of the, and hot you know, out of the over here, when I came here as a kid at the markets, they always had hot donuts, hot jam donuts. Yes. And if you still go to the big market, there's a truck that's always out there. Yes, and it's called, called the, the American Donut Truck. It is, truck. too. Yes. And I've had a lovely jam donut from yeah. there, and it did take a That's like the ultimate off. slider. <laughs> God, right. you eat that donut, those little donuts, they're really tasty, they're hot, they're tasty, you know, the jam and all that in it. But you eat them all day. Oh, I know. I <laughs> hate. And you get like the little bit of sugar that stays in the corner of your yeah. mouth. Sorry. Evidently with uh, Krispy Kreme, I was saying California. It's North, North Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. What, the who ripped off this week? Yeah. Didn't we do that already? No, well, no. This is a new part. Second. This is There's a second. Two rip-offs. Two rip-offs. So in the 30s, there was a Frenchman named Jean Lebeau. He made his way up from New Orleans to Kentucky. And uh, hard times led him to sell his secret recipe, which was written in longhand on a slip mm. of paper. It involved potatoes, actually, yeah. and the name Krispy Kreme. Whoa. He sold it to a local store owner named Ishmael Armstrong, who hired his nephew, Vernon Rudolph, and put him to work selling the treats door to door. So poor John LeBeau probably took his five bucks and bought yeah. some whiskey, and that was the end that of it. That was the end of it, yeah. <laughs> he was on a, you know, on a train car somewhere going across the U.S. Uh, Ishmael Armstrong, that's a weird name. It's biblical, Ishmael. Uh, but Armstrong. Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, we said this. It's like uh, Stretch Armstrong. It's, we used this guy in during uh, all the big stereo era out of New York where yeah. we had Crazy Eddie. Yes. And the other one was Mario Hirsch. Yes, Mario okay. Hirsch. Yeah. That and is and a that convergence was a, of And, and they, the guy goes, Mario, yes, but Hirsch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you uh, enjoyed or are enjoying the best bits of 
2021. Uh, we'll be back with a new podcast Wednesday, the 26th of January. And what's that going to be about? We don't know. No, no, what? <laughs> well, we'll find out. So it'll be about food. Yeah. It'll be about. And what? And chatting. Now, our sign off today is uh, for from Drew Morphic. Now, I didn't know who Drew Morphic was, and probably most people listening to this don't know, but he was a cricket commentator. And football. And football. And um, Brendan was lucky enough to know him and work with him. Yep. And uh, one night it is. Don't come back. We'll be right, right away. 